A record 27 NFL teams were in playoff contention entering Week 16. That number shrank over the weekend. Division titles were clenched, while other division top spots changed hands. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock, and I'm giving you the latest from around the NFL on the Locked On NFL Podcast. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Fired up. It is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Cardinals. Another brutal loss for that franchise. Make sure you're following along on Twitter. Follow the network at Locked On Network. Follow me at Bob Rack. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL on YouTube. Merry Christmas from the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for Locked On NFL, your first listen each and every day. There were a couple division titles that were clinched over the weekend. Well, a couple teams took over the top spot in their respective divisions, and Joe Burrow had a massive performance on Sunday that rewrote the Bengals franchise record books. We're talking to Jake Liskow of Locked On Bengals. We're talking to Sosa Kermenges of Locked On Rams. And we're also talking to Joe Marino of Locked On Bills, who had a huge showdown with their division rival, the New England Patriots. We had a pair of Saturday games on Christmas. The Packers are still perfect at home after holding on for a 24-22 victory over the Cleveland Browns on Christmas Day. Aaron Rodgers threw for 202 yards, tossed three touchdowns, and moved past Brett Favre to become the Green Bay's all-time passing touchdown leader. Devontae Adams caught 10 passes for 114 yards and two scores. Baker Mayfield, brutal performance. He had four touchdowns, sacked five times, including a pair of Picks to Razul Douglas. Nick Chubb had a solid day on the ground, though, for Cleveland, keeping him in the contest. 126 yards, a touchdown on 17 carries. The Packers are now 12-3 atop the NFC, looking for that number one overall seed going into the postseason with a couple weeks to play, while the Browns, their playoff chances, took a big hit, dropping to 7-8. and eight. It was the Colts extending their winning streak to three games after collecting a 22-16 win over the Cardinals in Glendale on Christmas night. Carson Wentz led the way. 225 yards, two touchdowns through the air. Jonathan Taylor added his own added to his league lead rushing total with 108 yards on 27 carries, but snapped his touchdown streak at 11 games. The Cardinals failed to clinch a playoff spot on Christmas, but they were able to do it on Sunday while they were idle. Some help from their friends. They dropped their third game in a row. Kyler Murray threw for 245 yards, a score in the loss. Matt Prater, rough night for the place kicker for the Redbirds. He uh, missed an extra point, two field goal attempts. Arizona now dropped to 10-5. and five. Indianapolis, 9-6, and six, still in the thick of that AFC South chase. Rex Burkhart. Getting into the games on Sunday in Week 16, Rex Burkhead rushed for 149 yards and two touchdowns and a shocker as the Texans stunned the Chargers 41-29 in Houston. Burkhead powered a surprisingly efficient Texans offense while rookie Davis Mills threw for 254 yards, two touchdowns. Houston scored 24 points in the fourth quarter to improve to 4-11 on the year. The team's defense stepped up with three takeaways, including a game-sealing pick six by Tavir Thomas. Justin Herbert managed just to complete 27 of 35 passes for 336 yards, but had only one touchdown pass and two interceptions. Justin Jackson stepped in place of Austin Eckler as he rushed for 64 yards and two touchdowns. The Chargers' losing streak was extended to two games as they dropped to 8-7. and seven. Their playoff hopes take a huge hit. Now 8th overall in the AFC playoff standings. 
The margin for error this time of year for teams aiming for divisions, it's minuscule. And the Patriots have now dropped back-to-back games on the heels of a seven-game win streak. And it was behind the Bills, beating them up behind a 3D TD performance from Josh Allen. And Buffalo took out New England to recapture the top spot in the AFC East with a 33-21 win. Joe Marino locked on Bills. The Draft Dudes and the Draft Network joins us here. Uh, no high wins this time, Joe. No 46 rush attempts. But I think Mac Jones probably wished he only threw the ball three times against this defense. Yeah, different script this time. Uh, <laughs> you, the Bills obviously hated to drop that one at home. Monday night football, big time crowd. But unfortunately, they just didn't handle the elements the same way New England did. And obviously, they beat themselves a lot. But that was 20-something days ago. This is about the Bills getting some revenge and going to Foxborough, beating New England for the second consecutive season on the road. Second time by more than two touchdowns or, or at least two scores. And so um, it, it's uh, it's an important win, obviously, right? The Bills couldn't win the AFC East without winning this football game. There was no path, and they went on the road and claimed a very important win as maybe it wasn't the season a lot of people thought for the Bills, but certainly everything they want to achieve is right there in front of them still. Yeah, certainly an uneven 2021 campaign, but was it important, especially for the defense in the first half? I mean, outside of a 13-play drive on the second possession for the Patriots, they shut down this offense. They turned Mac Jones over twice. Was it important for them to kind of have a a statement game? Yeah, you know, one of the themes that Coach McDermott has preached all season long is the Bills want to be two-dimensional on offense, and they want other teams to be one-dimensional. And we know that the Patriots want to come out and run the football, and they really need that running attack to complement what they do in the passing game with Mac Jones. And I think it was so important for the Bills to be able to get a lead in this football game, and for a lot of it led by multiple scores. And that really put the emphasis back on Mac Jones to throw the football a lot more than I'm sure they wanted him to. 14 of 32 on the game, a couple of interceptions, 145 passing yards. And I think that's exactly the script that the Bills wanted the Patriots to fall into And so I think for them to be able to get a lead and force the Patriots to throw it more than they want to. And look, they ran the ball effectively, but they needed that complimentary passing game. And and obviously they couldn't keep pace with what Josh Allen and this Bills offense was able to accomplish. Yeah, that out that offense was great. Allen balled out 300 yards, three touchdowns. Was it key for him to have a solid performance against the Patriots? And you know, a couple bunnies down the stretch. Falcons and Jets up next. So probably the last you know playoff caliber defense he'll face the regular season. Well, yeah, of course, because you know, this is not the first matchup between Josh Allen and Bill Belichick, right? The story is is expanding. This is multiple games, and you kind of get nervous because as Bill Belichick gets more opportunities to game plan and uh, find out more about what you can do and can't do, you, you feel like historically, obviously, that favors Belichick, who's the greatest coach in the history of football. We all recognize yeah. that. And so for Josh Allen in this stage without – Several offensive linemen due to yeah. COVID and injuries. Of course, they lose their left guard uh, early in the game. They're without Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis, two of their top three receivers in, a, in an offense that really relies on receivers. Uh, it was really good. And Josh Allen, I think he played the type of game that he needed to. The stats were very good, but it's it's how the stats were were accomplished, right, in terms of being patient, picking his spots. You know, Bill Belichick chose to drop a lot of coverage and, and rush four and See if Josh Allen was willing to be patient. And everybody knows Josh Allen is a big arm and he's a big-time playmaker and wants to push the ball down the field. But I thought Josh Allen did a really good job of taking the access, the free access that the defense gave him and, and being willing to get the running backs involved in the passing game and being willing to pick his spots down the field 
when it was intelligent to do so. And I thought Josh Allen did a great job of of being aggressive, but also just keeping the offense on schedule, which, you know, when you have his physical traits and that gunslinger's mentality, sometimes that can be tricky for him to embrace. But I thought he did a great job against New England. Yeah, when he needed to. Got it going on the ground, led the Bills in rushing 64 yards on the ground from Josh Allen. An impressive performance by the Bills as a whole. They're atop the AFC East. Joe Burrow went off and entered the history books for the Cincinnati Bengals. Was it enough to beat the shorthanded Ravens and continue to lead the AFC North division? First, I'm excited to tell you that this winner, why not grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar? Even better than a candy bar, Built Bar, filled with so much goodness and rich, decadent flavor covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors. You'll have a hard time choosing. Well, you have the raspberry, or mint brownie, cherry, or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you the fuel you need without compromising taste. You want something to cozy up with, something warm this winter, dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little. Give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple napkins on hand. It's the perfect secret weapon to approach your 2022 fitness goals. Built Bar, it's your secret weapon. It's where tasty and healthy those worlds combine. Right now, go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. That's by going to Built.com using the promo code LOCK15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Bo Brock hanging out with you. Thanks for making Locked on NFL your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021 local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. The Eagles kept themselves in the playoff race with a 34-10 win over the New York Giants in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts led the way for the Eagles with 199 yards passing and a pair of touchdowns, including a five-yard score through offensive tackle Lane Johnson, the former Oklahoma tight end, making the big play on the big stage. Boston Scott carried the ball 12 times, 41 yards, and a touchdown as Philly improved its record to 8-7 and to slip into seventh seat. In the NFC, Jake Fromm, former Georgia quarterback Mike Glennon, split time under center for the Giants. They each threw an interception. Evan Ingram caught the lone touchdown of the game for the G-Men. New York is now 4-11. The other team in New York, the Jets, Zach Wilson and the Gang Green came out on top in a battle between top two picks in last year's draft with a 26-21 win over Jacksonville and East Rutherford. Wilson completed 14 of 22 passes for 102 yards and a touchdown. Also added a score on the ground. The longest rush in Jets history. Michael Carter carried the ball 16 times for 118 yards. The Jets ran for 273 yards as a team. Trevor Lawrence connected for 26 of 39 passes and threw for 280 yards as the Jags continue to hold on to that top pick in the next draft with a 2-13 record as the Jets improved to 4-11 on the season. The Falcons picked off Lions quarterback Tim Boyle to secure a 20-16 victory in Atlanta. Matt Ryan threw his only TD of the game early in the fourth quarter to tight end Hayden Hurst as the go-ahead score in that contest. Kyle Pitts, fourth overall pick in the 2021 draft, had six catches for over 100 yards. Cotterell Patterson rushed for a touchdown. As Atlanta moves to 7-8 overall, Boyle tossed the TD and the pick as the Lions lose after last week's win over Arizona to drop to 2-12 and one on the season. 2020 top pick Joe Burrow went nuts for Cincy. A franchise record 525 yards, 
four touchdowns, besting, what was it, uh, Boomer Esiason's franchise record before that. T. Higgins nearly 200 yards. Jamar Chase over the century mark receiving as well. Bengals strengthening their grasp on the AFC North. It's it's still light, but with 41-21 blowout of the shorthanded Ravens certainly helps. How was Burrow able to get the Bengals' offense to explode like it did? Jake Lisko, of course, joins us from Locked On Bengals. Jake, what was it about uh, Sunday's performance uh, that the Bengals were able to really take advantage of this Ravens' pass defense? Well, the Ravens had maybe one corner that was on their roster at the start of the year active today, and he got hurt in the first quarter, I believe, Anthony Everett. And so it was very much a JV squad out there. I think five of the six players for the Ravens that were playing in the secondary when the Bengals were in nickel, which they were or in 11 personnel for much of the game, they weren't guys that were either on the Ravens roster or expected to start. So starting there, the Ravens certainly very beat up. That being said, Joe Burrow was clinically accurate in this game. I think he made some fantastic plays off script and looked more like LSU Burrow than we've seen really from him all year. And I think that's been coming on the last few weeks, which is a lot of fun for Bengals fans. It's a lot of fun to watch. Some of the most entertaining quarterbacking I've seen from Joe Burrow since he was at LSU just in the way he was able to get out of sacks and extend some plays in this game. But you mentioned T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, and you can't forget about Tyler Boyd either. All three of those guys having big games, contributing big plays at different times, and it was just all working. When you're as accurate and, and can make the, the reads and process as quickly as Burrow, and you're going against a truly street squad of corners, the only way the Ravens were going to stay in this game on defense is if they could get pressure quickly enough. And when they did get pressure, Burrow got rid of the ball quickly enough. And when they didn't, he punished the mistakes in the secondary to great effect. Yeah, it's uh, it was kind of a perfect storm, as you said, trending that way and then going up against the right opponent. Unfortunately for the Ravens, that was them on Sunday. Tyler Boyd, uh, I mean, very real possibility of joining Jamar Chase. Higgins did it on Sunday past the 1,000-yard receiving mark. You got Joe Mixon over the 1,000-yard rushing mark. I think, I believe I talked to you in the offseason, and we talked about those four going over the 1,000-yard mark, but that's a very real possibility. But more about the Burrow performance here. Uh, did you envision him coming off the injury that he's coming off of him having a day like this in the 2021 season? I don't know about a day quite like this, but I did think he would be very good this year. I was quite bullish on his recovery and it took him a few weeks that the first two weeks of the season in particular, he really didn't look like himself. And then since then it's been a little bit every week that's coming back and looking more like he used to. But to me, his mentality, the way that he approaches the game of football, his seriousness, his competitiveness, his drive, and just the overall skill set where you weren't going to see the accuracy diminished. What, what you've seen diminished a little bit is at times early in the season, the pocket presence wasn't what you wanted it to be, but the arm strength has developed. I think that's a real thing. I think that he's, he's throwing the ball a little bit harder this year and the accuracy has remained. And so when you put those things together and he gains more experience and has seen what NFL defenses want to throw at him, he, he just has the mind to be great. And I'm really excited to see how that continues to develop this year and in the future. Jake Liskow, Lockdown Bengals here on the Lockdown NFL podcast. Trey Hendrickson on the other side. Trey Hendrickson on the other side of the ball. Another sack, three quarterback hits. How good has he been this season coming over as a free agent from New Orleans? And and how instrumental is he to the success of this defense? Wildly is 
outpaced expectations, I think, yeah. in terms of not just sacks, but definitely sacks, but also the consistent pressure productivity. The big flaw in his profile when you looked at what he did in New Orleans, when he was also very good, and it turns out to have just been the first year of a multi-year breakout, is, is the way that it appears right now, is that the, the pressure rate wasn't there. And it was easy to say, okay, he's getting cleanup sacks when you when you go watch the the kinds of sacks he was getting. And there's still some of that. Every NFL pass rusher has some of that where the the strength of this Bengals team, I think, is more so in the secondary. And and now they're fully healthy for I think the first time this year uh in, in this game, or maybe the second time this year. But with the secondary holding up in coverage, which they've done very well, and Lou Anarumo finding ways to rotate things late, run creepers to cause quarterbacks to hesitate, I think that's producing a lot of the sacks for this defensive line. But just as a unit, Trey Hendrickson is a creator as a pass rusher. He's the guy that's creating the havoc and finishing plays. And there's definitely some credit due to the interior for not letting quarterbacks escape up the middle. But Hendrickson has certainly exceeded expectations coming from New Orleans. Last question, big game against the KC Chiefs next week. Slim grasp on that AFC North. You think the Bengals hold on? Yeah, it's it's not so slim necessarily as the margin for error is slim, right? Like I think after today, it might actually be a two-game lead, but they need to win one more game. It needs to be Kansas City this week or it needs to be at Cleveland in week 18. Meaningful January football for the Cincinnati Bengals is exciting either way. I, I think the Chiefs are tough. I think that... Early in the season, I was never really buying their demise, and they certainly seem to have found their footing. But it is in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow will be motivated, and I think this team knows what's on the line. It seems like they're very focused on the goal ahead of them. I I just think it's challenging, right? It's really hard to say how that's going to go. And against the Browns in Week 18, Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski have had the Bengals number. Baker Mayfield plays like a different quarterback against the Cincinnati Bengals. And some of that, a lot of that, I would say, actually, is game script. The way the games have gone have played to Baker Mayfield's strengths. If you get him into a pass back, drop back passing mode, sorry, he's not very good. We saw that this week. But if they can play in rhythm with the run game, use the play action and the boots that they like to use in Cleveland, then that is tough for the Bengals. So uh, it's a big we'll see. They just need one win out of two games, though. And if you would have given that opportunity to Bengals fans before the season started, I think they would have taken it. Yeah, no doubt about it. How about, uh, I think maybe a question, I get a definitive answer for you, and it can be a simple yes, has Joe Burrow reclaimed his spot as the top quarterback from the 2020 class? How many Chargers fans listen to this show? Uh, <laughs> look, I How never, there? <laughs> well, there are a lot. He won the fan vote, as the Chargers Twitter account pointed out, but uh, for, for the Pro Bowl. But I, I've never really thought Herbert had a huge lead on Burrow. I think Herbert does a lot of things really well. He's a really good quarterback. He has a fantastic arm. He's been more accurate downfield than I thought he would be coming into the NFL despite having that big arm. The, the accuracy, the processing, the athleticism have been really impressive for me there. But Burrow's consistency and and his own processing and now his ability to actually hit the deep ball, he might not have the rocket arm of Justin Herbert, but I think he has everything else. And I think both quarterbacks are very good. And I've never really actually fully bought that Herbert is a better player than Burrow. So I I know that many, many people out there disagree with me and many, many people out there will call me a homer for it. But I I think that if you look at the, the overall body of work, the down to down consistency of the quarterbacks are very close. and, And I just don't think it's very easy to say Herbert is better because he has a better highlight reel. Nick Foles found himself taking his first snaps in over a year for the Bears. Did that work out well for Chicago on the road in Seattle? 
Of course, I got to tell you about the best place to get all the action all season long. Of course, talking about Bet Online has you covered all season long, 2021, going into 2022. More odds, props, lines than ever before. Football continues to make its way towards the postseason, and college bowl season is upon us. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head over to the website, use your cell, and they receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code locked on, one word. That's locked on to get your bonus. That means if you put in 100 bucks, you get 50 free bucks to help build your stack. From hoops, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2021 and 2022. Just a couple days away from that. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online. Where the game starts. It's the Lockdown NFL Podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers throttled the Carolina Panthers 32-6. Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Tampa scored 22 unanswered points to end the game. Tom Brady finished with 232 passing yards and a touchdown. While both Keyshawn Vaughn and Ronald Jones had rushing scores. On defense, the Bucs combined for seven sacks and an interception. The 11-4 Buccaneers have now clinched the NFC South for the first time. Since 2007, Sam Darnold threw for 190 yards. Cam Newton added 61 passing yards and an interception. Carolina has lost its last five games, and the Panthers have been eliminated from playoff contention. The Rams overcame three Matthew Stafford picks to beat the Minnesota Vikings 30-23, but take control of the top spot in the NFC West. Standings, Sosa Kermenjez locked on Rams at QBMVP on Twitter so sad. So tell me, how were the Rams able to overcome that rough performance from their quarterback in Stafford? Yeah, so like you mentioned, probably not one of his best games. You could say it was arguably his worst one in a Rams uniform since joining the team. Three interceptions, and that wasn't even the whole story. I mean, there was a lot of errant passes. Could have been, you know, another two or three interceptions on top of that. Had Odell Beckham working deep for what probably would have been a 65-yard-ish touchdown, underthrows him by 20 yards, can't even get the ball close. So very bad performance, but in general, I think – you know, outside of one interception, which was in the Rams area of the field, not just that, but within that 15 yard line there, um, they didn't do that bad in terms of, you know, OK, you're going to launch one deep. It's like an arm punt, not the worst thing. The, the Vikings are sort of backed up in terms of the field position if they get an interception. Other than that, though, I mean, you look at the rushing game, Sony Michel, they really rode this guy 130 ish yards. I believe he had a touchdown as well. Ran really hard. Offensive line did a really good job, even after not having left tackle Andrew Whitworth, losing uh, center Brian Allen in this game as well. Made a lot of big holes there. Cooper Cup, of course, stepping up as always, especially in those key situations there where they really, really need him. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they had a really, really good game in this one. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, some of those guys uh, did enough. You know, the Vikings still had a decent game, I would say, in terms of their output, but they did definitely enough, especially with some of those short fields and bad positions they were put into. Uh, they came away with enough to uh, get this victory for the Rams. Sony Michelle emerging the last couple of weeks. Obviously, Daryl Henderson, he was back out there on the field for them. Um, but it, it seems like Michelle's kind of taken over that RB1, something you told me a couple of weeks ago. But has it been them just emphasizing the run more, or has it been Sony Michelle kind of ha- helping them do that and then kind of get into this game plan that's helped them be so successful? Yeah, I think it's been a, a decent mix of both, right? Uh, okay. You see this reluctance prior you know to these last few weeks to really just get under center and run the football and it feels like you know they kind of self-scouted realized things weren't really working out let's get back under center let's run this football more often and let's keep uh, uh, ourselves ahead of these chains you know in manageable down and distances that's where we're going to be best at 
And I think Sony Michelle has also brought, you know, just a different element to this backfield. Daryl Henderson, probably a bit better of a slasher, more fast. You know, he's probably got more breakaway potential, but he doesn't turn out yards like a Sony Michelle does. He can't grind through those, you know, arm tackles and create another two, three, four yards after contact. And that's something that Michelle does a lot. He very, very rarely ever has negative runs. And so, you know, that's something that's really helped the Rams really just stay on schedule and continue to run the football in these kind of situations where maybe before they didn't want to. So it's been a good mix. You know, it's kind of worked into their play action passing game. Their passing attack has sort of delved off of that. And in general, it's just been a really good thing for the Rams. Rams back on top of the NFC West standings. Who knows what kind of Ravens team they'll face next week. They've got the Niners in the regular season finale. Think that they stay atop to finish out the regular season? I do. You know, I think this is a team that's caught heat really at the right time. Uh, They go winless in November. They win every game in December. They don't lose. Uh, So I think they're catching heat at the right time, starting to get healthy. I think they're starting to be a little bit more cohesive on both sides of the ball. And uh, we talked about it, you know, on our crossover a few weeks ago. I didn't want to buy in on the Cardinals just yet. A young team. I feel like they're still trying to work through some kinks. And, uh, you know, it's kind of come to fruition here. So two tough teams right now. Uh, both close neck and neck, tough schedules to finish out. Like you mentioned, nothing here is going to be easy for the Rams, but I'm going to go with a team that I think has a little bit more, um, you know, past experience with these kind of situations. And I think that's the Rams. Wow. I mean, I, I see your Twitter feed. I call them what you call them on your Twitter feed. We call the Cardinals what you call them on your Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah, the Arizona Fraudinals. <laughs> <laughs> hey, last, last thing before we get you out of here, Cooper Cup, another 10 catches, 100 yards. Enter the chat for the MVP. Make your case for Cooper Cup NFL MVP. Ah, oh, man, this guy's special. Uh, he's the first player in NFL history to have 14-plus games with 90-plus receiving yards, so he's already set that mark. He's tied up uh, Torrey Holt with uh, in the franchise in terms of 100-plus receiving yards in a game. Uh, he's done that 10 times, I believe, this season. The Arizona Cardinals, the only team to hold him under the 90-mark uh, threshold there, so... I mean, the guy is the engine of the offense. He makes plays every time they need him. Third and whatever, you know, they call it third and cup. That's really what his nickname is there. (laughs) Uh, The guy makes the biggest plays in the biggest moments. And he's so consistent. Every single week he's doing it. He's on pace to actually break Calvin Johnson's single season record. And I think if you could do that, sure, there's an extra game. It's maybe, you know, not as special as Calvin once did it. But if you're breaking an NFL record, if you're closing in on 2,000 yards receiving, you know, I think you got a good case to be made there. It was Nick Foles taking his first snaps in over a year and worked his old Foles magic to rally the Bears past the Seahawks in Seattle. 25-24, wild ending. Jimmy Graham caught a 15-yard touchdown pass from Foles with 101 remaining. Demir Bird caught an acrobatic reception for the two-point conversion. It capped an 80-yard scoring drive. Foles, 24 for 35 on the day, 250 yards and that touchdown. David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, each rushed for a score. The Bears moved to 5-10 and 10 overall. Russell Wilson in a loss, threw for two touchdowns. Seattle falls to 5-10. and 10. Las Vegas Denver Broncos to 158 total yards and a 17-13 win at Allegiant Stadium in Sin City. Peyton Barber scored a five-yard rushing touchdown on the opening drive at the second half to put the Raiders up for good. Derek Carr threw for 201 yards, a touchdown, and an interception, while Josh Jacobs put up 129 yards on the ground. The Raiders tied with the Chargers and Ravens for that final AFC wildcard spot at 8-7, but Baltimore currently holds the tiebreaker. Denver's defense forced three turnovers, but the offense only rushed for 18 yards in the loss. The Broncos are in 13th place in the AFC at 7-8. and eight. No Tyreek Hill, no Travis Kelsey, 
No problem for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. KC routed Pittsburgh 36-10 at Arrowhead. Mahomes threw two of his three touchdowns to Byron Pringle. The Chiefs improved to their AFC best 11-4 and clinched their sixth straight division title. Ben Roethlisberger didn't finish the game for the Steelers. Threw for just 159 yards. A TD, Deontay Johnson caught that score. And Big Ben threw an interception in the contest for Pittsburgh which falls to 7-7-1. Seven, seven and one. Sunday Night Football was an absolute laugher. The Cowboys walked the Washington football team. The Cowboys asserting their dominance over the NFC East. Dallas crushed Washington 56-14 in Arlington. The Jerry Dome led by four. Dak Prescott touchdown passes. The Cowboys scored 42 points in the first half. It was also a monster performance from the defense as Dallas returned an interception and a block punt for scores. The Cowboys improved to 11-4 in the win. Taylor Heineke completed just 7 of 22 passes for 121 yards of TD and two picks. Washington's offense was kept in check all night as the team dropped to 6-9 overall. Week 16 concludes Monday Night Football. A pair of 7-7 seven and seven teams, two very different Ways to get to 7-7, seven and seven, the Red Hot Miami Dolphins. They visit the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football. One last look at the playoff standings before we get out of here. It's the Kansas City Chiefs atop the AFC at 11-4. They clinched the AFC West. Tennessee Titans in the top spot in the AFC South. They have not clinched that division yet, but they're second spot in the AFC at 10-5. and five. The Bengals in the top spot in the AFC North at 9-6. and six. The Bills at 9-6, and six, top spot in the AFC East. The Colts with a big win, their third straight over the Arizona Cardinals. They're at 9-6 and six in the fifth spot. Patriots drop down to the sixth spot at 9-6. and six, And the Ravens in the seventh and final spot due to tiebreakers at 8-7. and seven. Chargers and Raiders on the outside looking in. At 8-7, and seven. looking at the NFC, the Green Bay Packers, the top NFC team right now at 12-3. and three. Dallas Cowboys number two. They Both those teams have won their respective divisions. The Cowboys at 11-4. Rams in the top spot in the NFC West. They've clinched a playoff spot at 11-4. So have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They won the NFC South. They're in the fourth spot. The Arizona Cardinals clinched despite losing their third straight game. They're 10-5. And teams that have yet to clinch. San Francisco 49ers at 8-7. and seven. They're in the 6th spot right now. Philadelphia moved into the 7th spot. They're 8-7. and seven. Saints, big game tonight. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. They're at the 8th spot. And the Vikings at the 9th spot. 7-8 and eight overall. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock, here. Wrapping up Week 16. You've got Ross Jackson, Luke Braun, breaking down tonight's game between the Dolphins and Saints. Can't wait for it. Enjoy the rest of the week. Have a happy new year. I will talk to you in the new year next Monday, wrapping up a wild weekend in the NFL week 17. Can't wait to do so. I'll talk to you then on the Lockdown NFL podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen. Now make Lockdown Bets your second listen.